Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to HealthWise 360 with Christy Cordingly. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to this episode of HealthWise 360, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. And I'm your show host, Christy Cordingly, and you'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and 100 other smart TV apps. The audio version of this interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today, I'm super thrilled to be interviewing Samantha Card, author of The Athlete Advantage, Success Beyond Game Day, an Amazon number one bestseller. Uh... Samantha is a former NCAA Division I softball player, MBA graduate, Fortune 100 company trailblazer, and level up expert. She epitomizes the athlete who has hit it out of the park when she transitioned her from her sports career into her entrepreneurial career. She has passionately catapulted this athletic career finale into a mega corporate and life success before the age of 33, and she's committed to excellence and legacy creation. She passionately shares her decisive strategies and winner mindset with other student athletes, coaches, uh, administrations, parents, and other corporate athletes who face the toughest questions in their lives. Samantha, once referred to as Sammy from Miami, Jenny from the block is on a global mission to teach others how to develop a proactive championship routine from day one that can be leveraged beyond game day. And she prepares you to win in all aspects of life by identifying opportunities, taking action, and applying the life tools in competitive sports, experiential learning to business success. So welcome, Samantha. That's quite the accolades. Awesome. I can I start off with a sort of off the side question because you are so young and you mm-hmm. talk a lot about legacy and leaving a legacy. Most people in that younger age, but I, I don't hear like I do because I'm almost 50. I'm like, what, what am I going to leave behind when I'm gone? How, how, how did that become a focus for you to make sure that, you know, you're leaving an imprint on the world with your time here? Yeah, it's always been um, more than myself. I've always been a we, not me person. And that also really ties to my athletic kind of career. But success in my eyes is all about giving back times 10 and having scalability to impact and empower others to take my spot, to make it better, faster, quicker, and um, give them the tools that you know, I, I leverage that they could probably even do better. So it, it's always been about that giving back and, and saying thank you in, in a walk the walk kind of way. That's amazing. And that's really refreshing. I I'm so excited to hear about you and your story. So how let's get into some of the details about your story. So how did you go from NCAA D1 athlete to Fortune 100 and now entrepreneur? Yeah, what was really great about it was I did not have a strong resume. It was as bleak as it could ever be (laughs) because sports was my life. You know, I was playing competitive at eight years old. I started at four and I would travel year round. So I didn't have the opportunity to do internships, to try things out. And I didn't know like my identity outside of sport. Uh, it, it is it is who I was. It was my solitude. When I had a good day, bad day, I always would go to, you know, play ball on Saturday. And I was pretty um, hit, you know, hard. Like, you know, imagine hitting a brick wall, yeah. right? So I have a chemistry degree. Most people would say, wow, athlete, chemistry 
chemistry degree, I would never, I would never see it. <laughs> and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that it had a lot of flexibility to go into like a wide array of different industries. Mm -hmm. And I was also very cognizant that, you know, women's sports in terms of making a lucrative career, it just, it's not there yet. Right. So I can be, you know, I am woman, hear me roar, but I also <laughs> am very realistic. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have this bleak resume, but I have this chemistry degree. I graduated in 09 when the economy tanked. Yeah. 08, 09. So now I'm just like, well, now what do I do? Like, wh what's my next step? And I went through a full-blown identity crisis, depression, anxiety. I never had to deal with that before. Why? Because I always had sports to kind of rely on, but I lost my comfort zone overnight. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, about a two week period where I said, either I'm going to let this define me or I'm going to conquer it and I'm going to figure out my new day one. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a good foundation around me. So I decided that I'm going to conquer it and I'm going to find my new day one, leveraged my my life skills program at the University of Pittsburgh. They had just started. It was in its second year. So I said, let me ask for help. It's not comfortable for me as an athlete, but let me just ask for some help. And I asked for a door. I didn't want an easy yes. I said, just please get me the interview. I did. And um, it was a pretty rigorous process because I had zero years of work experience from a traditional standpoint. So can you imagine trying to go into an MBA program <laughs> with no work experience? <laughs> so there was something that switched. And I think this is the crux of it all. This is the pivot point. When I went into that interview room, it was like a light switch. And that's the best way to highlight the fact that I said, hold on a minute here. We're all just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm more than equipped, capable and prepared. And hold on a minute. I've amassed these critical skill sets as a leader through my whole entire career. I just need to package it a little bit differently. So I'm going to show you how I'm going to do that. I'm going to show you, I'm going to connect the dots and I'm going to be your best bet. And I'm going to work for a fortune 100 company one day. Got into the program, lived abroad in Marseille, France for a little bit to garner nice. some international exposure yep. and get outside of the bubble, right? Give myself a diverse set of experiences, be uncomfortable, graduate on a Friday. I started work on a Monday for a Fortune 100 company. And that's how, uh, that's how she sang. <laughs> that's amazing. And when I think about athletes and sort of the, I think the transferable skills that would come to mind would definitely be uh, focus. Uh, motivated, goal-oriented, right? Like hungry. But you also have the other quality that a lot of people look for in leadership and that's humbleness, right? Like you also have that humility. Like even though you've accomplished a lot and you're very, you share that knowledge, but you also share it in a way to help others be successful. And I think that's such a great combination and that would really attribute to a lot of your success that you've created. So congratulations. Um yeah. What are your four game changers that create a high performance mindset and break through your settle up for the level up behavior? Yeah. So I, you know, when I think of setback for comebacks, right. When I think about, you don't have to be an athlete. We all deal with adversity in different aspects of our life. Right. So how do I connect those dots for others that, you know, maybe listening and saying, well, I'm not an athlete. You know, I don't have that same experiential, you know, skill set that, that she does. Well, you've had, setbacks your whole life and you've overcome them in different ways. And each time you had a learning moment. So for me, it's about having some grit. It's about that one more. So 
when you feel like you have nothing left in the tank, you just take one step. You don't know where it's going to take you, but you take that one step. And that has proven to be pretty fruitful for me. Um, and it really complements my thirst and my eagerness to fail. In failing comes learning. And a lot of times, many people don't want to fail because they don't want to feel like a failure. Failing and failure, two different things. Mm -hmm. When I fail, I learn and I don't want to repeat. If you repeat and fail at the same thing over and over, that is a failure. But if you fail, learn from it, improvise and navigate and pivot, then that's fantastic. All I do is I say, how do I fail faster? How do I prevent tolerating problems, right? So I have my grit. I have my eagerness to want to fail. I'm not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to fail faster. I meet others where they're at. That is probably my most critical takeaway that has given me and catapulted me up the ladder in corporate America. I don't speak over people. I know how to speak in a boardroom. And I also know how to speak at the, you know, the floor. And I was working in a manufacturing facility in the chemical industry. I was the female, like the only female in the room most times, let alone the youngest one, <laughs> right? So you have to have a um, competitive kindness. So we talked about the humble, you're competitive, but you're also empathetic. I tried to have my competitive kindness to meet others where they're at and know their life, actually care about people to the core. And then the fourth one would be speak in the language that they can receive, because now not only am I building a bridge, I'm building trust and I'm understanding that people are what make companies great. People are what can open that door for you. It's not about the end destination. It's about the journey and those experiences and, and those people that you meet along the way. Yes. Yes. I think a lot of people talk about the golden rule, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. But I think it that misses something because we're all different and we all have an individuality to ourselves that's biologically built in, but also just the, our environments that shaped us. We don't all come from the same place. So I prefer to use the platinum rule, which is treat others the way they want to be treated. And for that, you need to be able to listen and observe and pay attention to what the other person cares about. So that's that's amazing that you figured this out so early in life. It's amazing. But you've had a long life. Like you've had a lot packed into the time that you've been here, which is amazing. Yeah. So how do you grow through what you go through while keeping your foot in the pedal? Because sometimes it does feel like I just need to pause for a second and catch my bearings before I figure this out. So how do you, and, and you can't coast because coast doesn't go uphill. So, <laughs> so how do you keep a little bit in the gas going when you're sort of at that, you know, oh, I'm growing again stage. So, you know, going with the concept of the power of one more. Yeah. I'm not always trying to get hundred percent better every day. <laughs> I want, want to be intentional at 150% when I'm talking to you, my phone is down. It's not turned upside down. I don't even bring it out yeah. because I'm very intentional with you. Right. But for me, I want to get 1% better every day. And when I focus on just getting 1% better every day, then that culminates into a cumulative growth where then I have step change. If we always think about these big numbers, these big goals that you know, boiling the ocean, as people say, mm -hmm. it's overwhelming. It's hard. You know, how do you eat an elephant? I always say one bite at a time. You know, we always try to complicate. All I want to do is simplify and be very intentional on the one thing I can do that day to get 1% better. 
And if I can accomplish that, then I can take on two things to get 1% better. Then I can take on three things to get 1% better. And even though it feels small, it actually is pretty significant in not only your life, but your ability to celebrate the roses more often because you're starting to feel that you're edging it a little bit more, a little bit more, you get the confidence, then you move a little bit faster. And that's okay. If you don't feel good that day, like sometimes I go to the gym, I have a terrible workout, but I got there. Mm -hmm. I got there. I actually tried. I don't have to be able to lift heavy weights anymore. My body doesn't need to be designed to do that. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to break through when, you know, your, your motivation goes away and you don't want to go, that's who I want to learn about. That's character. Mm -hmm. That's what I focus on. When the motivation is gone, who am I? What do I stand for? And what do I want others to see in me? And that's how I live my life. And that's really been the reason I can come back for any setback. That's how I can overcome. That's how I can bring others along because I always, always will stop. I'll always reflect, but I'm always with the foot on the gas to keep us all going. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It totally does. It totally does. I had a little thought there and I forgot. Oh, it was, <laughs> you made me think of, I, there's me and a friend, we really love some of the really kind of corny leadership lines, right? Like, cause I think it's funny and it's great. There's true, but they're also a little corny sometimes when you hear them. And when you said simplify, I thought of one that me and my friend laugh at all the time, but we use it. We totally use it. And we just giggle because it sounds so corny, but it works. And that is simplify, simplify, and you will simply fly. And we always giggle every time we say it, but it's it, true. It, it's true though. It's so true. Um, so what have been some of your biggest learnings? Cause yes, you have gone through these challenges and you are on the other side, a lot of them, and there will be next mountains to climb, but what is it like when you're in the middle of that mm-hmm. process? Um, how do you remain calm in the chaos? How do you keep that optimistic mindset? How do you stay on the hero's journey and not go towards the victim journey? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one because there is no one size fits all. Mm -mm. So I'm going to share and whatever piece of that becomes relevant to you or, you know, your audience here. Fantastic. If you can take one piece of it, then that's a home run for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like my experiences and the way I approach it is the the only way Um, I would be ludicrous to think such a thing. So (laughs) for me, it's all about uh, feeling all the feels. Mm -hmm. So how do you maintain calm and chaos? Well, there's a difference between management and a manager and a leader. Okay. And when you're at work, right, you know, those bosses that come up and and you're just like, oh, I don't know how they got into that position. I cannot stand them. You you, you know exactly. (laughs) Someone came to your mind. (laughs) Leaders, right? Because managers are defined in authority. They are focused on time, right? There is only one thing and that's efficiency. Whereas leadership is not defined in time. It's defined in collaboration. It's defined in bringing others along and going beyond the core. And a lot of people think that management, like a subset of management is leadership. That's absolutely wrong. 
It's actually leadership is the critical, most paramount thing. And that is why corporations struggle finding their identity or they feel like they firefight and they can never think strategically because they're not focused on their people. So how do you maintain your calm and chaos when maybe your organization or your boss doesn't understand you? Something's going on with your customer. Uh, something happened with your family member. Then you have to you know, come to work with a smile and, and grin on. Right. It's not just about sports. This is about life. So for me, I, I want to feel all the feels. I, I don't want to just compartmentalize and not reflect on it because then I lose the learning moment. So it, it stinks sometimes because now you're vulnerable to the fact that others can maybe see it. But what you're not realizing is it's really not about you. It's about others. And when you step outside of yourself and say, OK, hold on, maybe if I have the courage to feel all these feels, maybe someone else will. And then maybe someone else will. So what does feel all the feels mean? I break it down into an acronym. I feel like it's always easier to kind of resonate with that and feeling all the feels with pain, right? So pain, prepare. Arm is the A, improvise is your I, navigate is your N. So prepare, right? Control your controllables. You know how you react and respond. And things may trigger you more, but if you can anticipate, if you can pre-wire, if you can develop a playbook where, hey, this is where I'm not comfortable. So when it happens, do I need to get champions on my behalf? Do I need to have someone in my team that has a stronger skill set in that area to step up? And then you get to see how their leadership capability is, right? Which then goes into your A, arm. I want to arm myself with my team, right? There's a difference between sponsorship right? And mentorship. Mm -hmm. Sponsors talk about you in the room, even when you're not there. Mentors help hone you in and establish your good, bad, ugly, different, and unbiased opinion set to help you get where you want to go. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, <laughs> right? And then I, things are going to happen, right? You're going to prepare for the uncontrollables, all these things, but guess what? Things happen in life. You have got to be able to improvise and you can't wait till the scenario ends, the situation ends. You need to fail fast, not tolerate a problem so you can be able to improvise faster or at least see it. Because when we get frustrated, our brain wants to use less energy. So we get clouded. And what that does is it doesn't prevent, it prevents us from seeing what actually is there. It goes to an old pattern of something that happened like that before and said, this is the outcome that always happens. That's why relationships, it's hard when something bad happens to you and then you try to go into a new relationship, but you bring your old baggage because your brain wants to use less energy. Mm -hmm. So once you're able to kind of collectively get that going and you, and you get comfortable with where you're at and you can improvise, right, situational leadership, then you navigate and understand that there's a multitude of pathways. Mm -hmm. So you can parallel path a bunch of things. And then the one that, you know, rises to the surface, boom, you hit it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's the amygdala. Yeah, absolutely. That's the amygdala, right? Our reptile brain. It's just the instinctual brain kicks in yeah. sometimes. And it's, yeah, it's fight or flight. It's freeze or fawn. It can be all sorts of different things that happen. You talked about how, about your leadership style. And I would say that it is very authentic 
authentic, which means that you're leading by example. And that is something that I really appreciate. It's leaders should never expect their people to go somewhere they're not willing to go, right? And so when you share those vulnerabilities, even though it makes you feel vulnerable and a little open, you're exactly right. That's exactly what happens is all of a sudden the next person becomes vulnerable and then the next person becomes vulnerable. And all of a sudden everybody's seeing the real picture and their true selves. The other thing uh, that I thought it was another saying, it's not a cheesy one, it's actually a really good one that made me think of that too, is um, when you talk about adversity, right? Like, who am I going to, how am I going to respond to this adversity? Um, you feel the feels. We all, people think that leadership is, or, um, you know, professional development or personal growth is about not feeling those things anymore, but that that's not it at all. We, we're human. We do have to feel, we have to go through, not around, can't escape them. We have to go through them. Um, but the, the saying that I love that made, that you made me think of, and I, I think this really applies to you, especially with your life and things that you've gone through, is uh, character is not built by adversity. Character is revealed by adversity. Like, that's where you find your metal, right? Like, that's where, this is where you make the decision. Am I a go through or am I a give up person, right? So, and going through, you don't have to do it alone, which I love that you also mentioned that too. It's not, you are extremely successful, but you didn't do it all alone. You have brought people with you. You've had people that mentored and helped you. You asked for help. And I think that's something people really need to learn because I think there's a lot of worry that I'm not good enough on my own. Well, you're not going to be on your own, right? You're going to have a village of people. When you're people focused, there's a community. It's amazing. Uh, sorry, I went a little ramble there because you got me excited. I love it. it yeah. you hit, <laughs> no, you hit it on the head. <laughs> so um, so now, so now you're this former athlete. You're now mm-hmm. at this Fortune 100 company and you've taken your MBA. So you have some education, but as far as the experience and that still. So how did you grab the confidence and and get seen and heard enough to get into the most important rooms in your company and to get a seat? at the decision tables and to play with the big people. Oh yeah. So this is a good one because <laughs> I actually pulled my professional network, my athletic network, and I really wanted to understand data. I let data drive my decision making a lot of times, but obviously I have a, a decent gut to go by. Yeah. And um, identity beyond sports really came to the surface in the athletic world. And in my professional world, it was, how do I get a seat at the table? And it resonated with so many people. And the reason being is people want to be not only heard, but they want to be felt and seen. They want to understand that what they're doing day in and day out matters and that it's being factored in. So there's this interesting emotional intelligence needed that We don't like to talk about incorporations because corporations are still operating like they did in the 1970s with shareholder equity and we need to meet the quarter. We need to meet the quarter. Right. So decisions at that table are still being made in that way. But the one thing that I I started to come to terms with was sponsorship. When you're in your organization, when you're in any interaction in life, you need to figure out where people fit in your life. Sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it's for a lifetime. There's no right or wrong to it. You just have to know what it is. When you garner a lot of sponsors and champions on your behalf, that gives you and your personal brand scalability. The reason you need scalability is you're not going to get in every room. All you're looking for is that first one. 
because you know what you will bring to the table. So all you're looking for is one yes. You do not need a million yeses. Actually, I love a million no's because I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. I'm looking for the one yes, the one sponsor, that one mentor that can get me to where I want to go. Okay. So once I start to figure out that piece, I started to network more. Everyone's focused on getting a seat at the table, but they're not really focused on the work that's required to even have a conversation to get in the room. And building that and knowing that you have to go below the surface to be able to connect, to have someone be a sponsor on your behalf or know what piece you play in their chess game. Mm-hmm. There's levels to the game. And some people are going to be a managerial type, like we talked about, and some are going to be leadership types. You have to navigate them differently. So how did I do it? I had a high, high focus on networking, getting sponsors and champions on my behalf. Cause I knew when I walked in, I was going to figure it out. Yeah. And the first room that I walked in, what was the craziest thing about it was we were all just trying to figure it out. Someone that was been in the industry for 30 plus years, <laughs> but yet I gave them the authority and the pedestal to be better than me. Right. Yes. I blocked myself. And then once I got a seat at the table, the fun began. And once the fun began, then the work started to happen. And then they, you know, by 26, I was running a $10 billion merger acquisition with six other <laughs> It's amazing. And it, it's really true in some of my past work experience, you know, yeah. and again, some, some of that similar self-doubt or imposter syndrome, right, pops up. But then when you make it into that boardroom or someone tells you, like, honestly, like, just wait till you get there. You'll wonder what took you so long. And then you get in there and you're like, they're just normal people, right? None of us have this figured out. We're all just trying to figure it out, right? Like there's, no one has it all figured out. And uh, so it's, it's so comforting, right? And that's, that's why I like hanging around successful, humble people, because you really get the truth. You get the true story and you're like, yes, these things are normal. And these things that I've been beating myself up over are actually part of my strengths. So I need to start embracing them and move forward. So that's amazing. That's really great. Um, so where can people find your book and where can people find you? So my book is on Amazon. I have it in hardcover, Kindle, and the audible is my voice. So I, I love that. Yeah. Because there's no one better than, um, myself kind of highlighting the story and it's not about me. It's about my experiences for, you to reflect in how it's applicable to your life. So first and foremost, that's the most important thing with all of it, but it's on amazon.com. You know, my website is samanthacard.com. And if you ever reach out on Instagram or anything, it's all the same in all my channels. I'm the one that's going to talk to you. It's I connect. I, I believe in the power of connection and I believe in really listening to hear, not listening to speak. So if you reach out and when you reach out, uh, you know, it's, it's me, you're, you're really going to get me. So I'm sure you'll make some new friends. I promise. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have one now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Awesome. So is there anything else before we wrap up that you would like to the audience to know or to share? No, first, thank you again. Uh, It's so welcome. Thank you. It's awesome to be around others that want to have these types of discussion at at the level that you're having it across a wide array of things. So, thank you for that. It's uh, it's humbling because I'm aligning myself with other 
like-minded individuals, but yet you're not afraid to pressure test some of my concepts, which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Thoughtful debate. So yeah, just what if it works? That's what I want to leave everybody with, right? Instead of saying, well, what if it doesn't? Well, what if it does? Mm-hmm. Let's just change our mindset. And when you start doing that, you may take that extra half step. It doesn't even need to be a full step. Just focus on the 1% better every day. And I guarantee you, your um, your changes are going to happen faster than you expected. So you have to get ready for that next level because it's going to happen. Yes, definitely. 100%. Thank you so much, Samantha. You're such an inspiration and it's been amazing spending time with you. So everybody, please check out the show notes so you can learn all about Samantha Card. Thanks for listening to this episode of HealthWise 360 here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.